Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I am your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand, and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week, we have thought leaders, change instigators, and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive, and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love, and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning connection and resilience into your life and your business. As a way to thank our guests for their time, energy and wisdom, we would love to demonstrate our appreciation, gratitude and admiration. We would love to hear from you. What was your key takeout from today's session? By writing a review in Apple Podcasts with our guest's name and insight. And when you do, please make sure to take a photo and send your photo to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will send you a personalized cosmic blueprint for free. It's a report based on your unique birth chart to discover your true calling and how you can best make a difference in the world. Thank you. This week, as always, we have a super, super amazing guest for you. We have the beautiful Dr. Jessica Petros. Dr. Jess has a passion for uncovering the mystery behind the chronic illness, whether that be stealth infections, heavy metals, stress, trauma, or other environmental toxicities. She is visionary for the future of healthcare and left her position as a board-certified internal medicine hospitalist to pursue functional medicine in order to better serve her patients by getting to the real root cause answer for why the body might be malfunctioning. Her philosophy embraces that health encompasses the whole patient, mind, body and spirit. And Dr. Jess has become one of the most sought after functional medicine leaders. She is known for her ability to help identify the root cause of illness, most often traced back to hidden stealth infections like Lyme, parasites, and mold, Dr. Jess's area of expertise. After graduating a minor in psychology and earning her medical degree, Dr. Jess worked as a hospitalist for six years before beginning to experience what many of her patients experienced, deep anxiety, hormonal imbalances, and mitochondrial dysfunction. In the process of trying to heal herself, she sought answers to uncover the root cause of disease, something she thought she had learned in medical school but realized she had not. She began to investigate alternatives to today's modern medical industry that treats every ill with appeal. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I'm very excited about our guest. We have the lovely Dr. Jessica Petros. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, for having me. 
So we were just having a chat on, uh, before we jumped on the show, just how um, different times of the the world it is right now, your end compared to my end, and that's the beauty of uh, having the internet. We can have all these wonderful women from all over the world. (laughs) So the way that we always love to start the show, Dr. Jess, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration her unique story. So tell us, what inspired you to do what you do today? Well, you know, I'm an integrative and functional medicine practitioner. So um, really, my story starts in rural West Virginia and Kentucky. I um, didn't know anything about functional medicine. I went to medical school. And um, what encouraged me to do so was actually I broke my back in a car accident when I was 17. And I was the least hurt out of all four of us. Um, and have the only one who didn't have to have surgery to repair my back, I had to wear a back brace for three months. And the neurosurgeon who helped all of us was such a kind soul. He really encouraged me to help people health wise and medically wise. And, you know, once I went through medical school and residency, and then started working as a hospitalist, I really started to see the holes in the system where I didn't agree with the food that was being fed to sick patients or the the plethora of drugs and things that were given without preventative care often. So that's my story. I would say that it's taken lots of wild turns to get to functional medicine, but eventually, uh, originally getting into medicine was inspired by a neurosurgeon after a car accident. Wow. And you actually just mentioned that you found holes in the system. What were the holes in the system that you found? Yeah, you know, I I guess a lot of people can say it's not what I thought it was going to be in school. And that's sort of what happened to me. I really felt like it was this noble career I was taking on to really help people in, in the best way that the system knew how. And now looking at it, I really don't think the system is out to help people. A lot of you think it de- definitely has. It's a business. It definitely has a for-profit motive. And so I really have a lot of problems with uh doctors who don't really have a lot of control, their hands are tied inside the hospital system. There's a lot of cookbook medicine and protocols that are done there. So people are sort of shuffled into groups rather than looked at by you individually. And I think that there's a lot of billing for ICD-10 codes, which puts a lot of labels on patients that they then identify with rather than um, getting to the root cause, if you will. Yeah, I as you you were uh, explaining that, I was just uh, thinking about when you were saying that uh, talking about medicine. I remember um, having a conversation about how medicine can be more harmful than good, and and it's exactly what you're saying. It's not going honing into the individual and really finding out what's um, what's going on within their body, but not just their body, the mind as well. Because absolutely, yeah, it's it's. Uh, so how how would you work with mind and body? Well, you know, mind and body, it's very important. You know, people always, I guess in conventional medicine, the doctor always looks at the physical body. And I feel like a lot of the emotional, mental, spiritual side of things maybe gets tossed to the wayside because most of doc, most of the time docs are too busy within the system to address those other things. And so for me, it was really important for me to be able to spend a lot of time with my patients rather than, you know, 10 minutes or so per patient. I wanted to spend an hour, hour and a half. And that really let me dig in to 
you know, anything from their birthing experience all the way to their their high school years, their college years, all the antecedents, triggers that may have happened in their life, their exposures, and then, you know, up until present day with them. And, you know, how, how do they feel about their life? Do they feel good when they get up every day? They look forward to life. Um, you know, are they out in nature? Do they get sunlight? Do they meditate? You know, how often are they in flight or fight state? Um, you know, are they taking care of not just their body physically, but what nourishes their mind? And, you know, there, it's important to have self-care routines for patients. And I feel like a lot of medicine neglects that artistic side of things. Mm. And do you think it is a, a matter of mind? Uh, well, I was going to say mind over matter. It, it is about the mind. I, I've heard different people speak about um, it is about the way that we can change our thinking about the self, about our body. And, um, and the other thing too with that is, is that really that you can be really, really healthy, right? So you can eat really, really healthy. But if you haven't got a, a kind mind where you're giving yourself kind thoughts and even kind feelings, that can have a, an impact on your physiology. What are your thoughts? Oh, 100%. You're exactly right. Um, you know, when you think about how thoughts work, they really are the initiator to neuropeptide, neurotransmitter, hormone regulation and release. Because you think about when you have, let's say a bear starts chasing you, your first thought is fear and run and adrenaline is released due to that thought. So it's not far fetched from that point to have people understand how chronically negative thoughts, even though on a much smaller basis, they're still there, can cause simmering inflammation by release of said hormones that, you know, are just chronically released in small doses because of those negative thought patterns that we have every day. Mm, I remember uh, Caroline Mice, she was saying that you can eat as healthy as you want, but if you um, have got those negative thoughts, uh, from a health perspective, the person that's got positive thoughts eating cat food would have a better health uh, and lifestyle than you if you had the negative thoughts, which I thought was really interesting. Eating cat food. I yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so with um, the other thing too, and I noticed when I was looking on your website and I love the app, Be Your Own Best Doctor, food is really <laughs> medicine, isn't it? 100%. It really isn't it interesting that nature put the minerals and vitamins inside the food. How smart is that? <laughs> mm, and so maybe talk us through because I did look at, at um, and I know there's a lot of people listening to this show. They're like, I would love to know how to increase my energy levels, how to reduce my inflammation and how to bolster my immune system. So maybe talk us through the first one. How do we increase our energy levels? Well, that's a good question, and it's a multi-pronged approach for this question. Um, people can have decreased energy or decreased stamina for lots of different reasons. That could be hormonal. It could be due to high estrogen or low testosterone. It could be due to mitochondrial dysfunction, which actually underlies a lot of different issues, especially metabolic dysfunction, cancer, diabetes, even hormonal things can be due to mitochondria. These are the little powerhouses found in every cell of your body except for red blood cells, and they're responsible for making cellular energy or ATP. Uh, so if we're encountering a number of toxicities every day, heavy metals, corporate man-made toxins, these things can act kind of like a traffic jam where our mitochondria are not able to 
produce the cellular energy we need. And that uh, will really make you feel heavy and brain foggy, if you will, difficult to make decisions, and even have some maybe pins and needles sensations on the extremities. And that's really more prevalent than a lot of people know about because we don't have good testing for it. Um, another thing that can happen is thyroid dysfunction. And low thyroid is a big culprit in mood dysregulation and low energy. And that's one in three women now have some sort of thyroid dysfunction or, or disorder. Um, again, that can be due to mitochondrial dysfunction, which are also found in thyroid cells, right? Um, so there's a number of different reasons people might have low energy. Another reason is that they have a, a stealth pathogen, something like Lyme disease or a chronic exposure like a water-damaged house that may be growing mold. And then the body's constantly fighting and it can't make energy and fight at the same time. I've actually experienced that. I remember living living many years ago in a very old style uh, house and there was um, uh, like the walls were damp and then they were starting to mold and it was in my room and I was sick in that house all the time. And I think it's really got to do with the mold in the house. Oh yeah, 100%. Mold is, um, I like to liken it to it's the match that started the fire. It's what ignites all other chronic diseases that may, you may, your body may have got it, right? It may have it kind of under control. But then if you have a mold exposure after that, it sort of is the match that lights everything else on fire and starts problems with other hidden infections or problems you may have in your body. And so it, mold goes after mitochondria so bad. It will ruin mitochondria. It makes a bunch of reactive oxygen species. The mitochondria then can't keep up. Um, it really steals and suffocates your oxygen levels. So people have a lot of shortness of breath, post-exertional malaise or fatigue. Um, they may have these weird static shocks on their body. They're not able to hold their urine. They get a lot of recurrent infections and sinusitis problems. And they really have a hard time figuring out what's going on because no one thinks to look at their house. Yeah, I know. That's really interesting. And is it only come from the house or is there other ways you can get this uh, mold um, infection or buildup? You can, you know, mold is super tricky. It forms hyphae, which are thread-like structures and spores, and they hang in the air. So you can, they can enter through your skin, through your eyes, through your mucous membranes. It's not just through the gut, but they can also get in through food. If you have moldy food like um, berries or a culprit or coffee or anything that's carried in silos across the country like corn or wheat, these things really can get moldy quite easily. I will say that usually it's something like a water water damage in a building and at work or at home, and then you're eating something moldy on top of it, and it's just the combined um, two issues cause a big problem that that is exacerbated by both of those. And then on top of that, um, you can even get mold in a root canal or an infected tooth. There's been studies that have shown that too. So things kind of are additive in the body. It's almost like filling up your innate toxin bucket, if you will. Mm. And as you were um, talking about mold on food, I was just thinking, I'm French, so I love cheese. And we, um, <laughs> and of course, I remember growing up, my mum used to always say, eat lots of blue cheese, especially when we, went, we were not well, because apparently the mold is like a penicillin. Uh, and it was quite healing. Yes. I don't know what your thoughts around that, but uh, when you were talking about mold on food, I got the picture of the blue cheese. 
<laughs> it's true. You know, I actually love cheese too. It's my, it's my nemesis in life. I love, hate it. But uh, yeah, it's true that cheese can get super moldy. Penicillin, the antibiotic comes from the mold penicillin, which is actually, that's the thing. Not all mold is bad. Um, citric acid, which they make a lot of vitamin C from is actually from a mold species. Even soy sauce is some, sometimes comes from fermented mold. You know, that's um, that's good. And I, I'm just thinking also, just before you were talking about a lot of tests are inaccurate. So how does one know? I mean, what, what do we do? Like, how do we get tested if we know that, if you're just saying that the t- a lot of the tests out there are, are inaccurate? Yeah, exactly. It's really a problem because this is a lot of, by the time patients come to me or clients come to me, they've been gaslit a lot by the, by the system. You know, they'll say, I feel X and Y, you know, doctors or whoever will run lab work on them and say, oh, nothing's normal, nothing's abnormal. So I don't know, you know, you must be depressed. You're a woman, it must be your hormones. And so I hear this a lot by the time patients come to me, they don't trust themselves anymore. They don't trust their symptoms of their body because they've been told they're wrong over and over and over. And that's because tests are inaccurate. So doctors will often bet the house on testing modalities, which haven't changed in 30 to 50 years. You know, if you think about your regular CBC, blood work, your electrolytes and CMP. This is something that has been instituted for at least 50 years in most institutions. And then they t- get a regular blood test at LabCorp or Quest to look for Lyme disease, usually a Western blot, which misses you know up to 60 to 80% of people. Um, so depending on where it is in the transformation of the Lyme disease, acute versus chronic. And then you know patients never get answers for sometimes decades. Um, mold is another story. It's often people think mold can't cause disease. It can just cause allergies in sensitive people, which just simply is not true. The science doesn't back that. It's actually detrimental to health. And so even if you're not a sensitive genotype or your genes aren't susceptible to mold, over time it's insidious enough that it will get you. So what I suggest for people is to do specialty functional labs, find a functional medicine doctor who knows how to accurately test for Lyme. Um, And it is really, really hard um, to find a lot of conventional docs that believe in chronic Lyme or even mold toxicity. You know, it's it's one of those things that I've been hearing Lyme pop up a lot, I reckon, in the last 18 months. So I don't know if it's because people are more aware of it now, um, but definitely um, there's a lot more talk about it. So for our listeners and for those that don't know what is Lyme disease, what is Lyme disease and what are the some of the symptoms? Yeah, that's a great question. So Lyme disease and mold, both are under the category of biotoxin illness. Um, And Lyme disease is also caused, it's an infectious disease caused by a bacteria called Borrelia burgdorferi. And this is a bacterium that's corkscrew shaped. It often hitches a ride on ticks. Um, A paper in, I believe, 1984 showed evidence that it could possibly be transmitted by fleas and mosquitoes as well. Um, so, and who remembers a flea bite, right? So Lyme, unfortunately, it's also called the great mimicker. And that means after a bite, people sometimes will get a bullseye rash, which is diagnostic. However, up to 60% of people don't ever see the rash. And so they may come down with like mild joint pains, mild fever, um, feel like they're coming down with a flu or a bad cold and then brush it off and they get better. 
unfortunately, lime can go underground. It burrows because it's a corkscrew shape. It is able to burrow into things like joint fluid, um, mucous membranes, the lymphatic system, even brain tissue. And when that happens, uh, people don't understand that their symptoms flare years later, and this is due to a pathogen that's stealthy enough to hide from the body's immune defenses. How do you... Um... Like, how do you treat something like that? That sounds pretty scary because I'm thinking that once it's, if it's undetected uh, and it can impact other areas of the body, because I know that, for example, I'm celiac and I know that if, for example, um, obviously I can't eat wheat and I can't eat gluten because what happens, it, it, it attacks my system and I can feel it. I feel I'm sick for like three days if mm. I go out to a restaurant, for example, without, you know. Um, but so if it's undetected and it, you know, hides, um, obviously it's going to create more trouble within the body, the biology. Um, so how does, um, I'm just more curious, like what do, what does one do? Yeah, it's a war, honestly, for some people, it really, it really can be. And people look anywhere from six years to, or six months to two years to get better, depending on where they are in the, um, progression of Lyme disease. And so, the biggest hurdle for some people is getting diagnosed and getting someone to listen and believe them. Uh, I've definitely had patients in my office who just break down and cry because someone believes them. Um, so really I suggest looking into some labs that are really great. Vibrant lab panel is wonderful for the comprehensive, uh, Lyme and co-infections test. It's about 400, $450, which is really affordable for Lyme testing. Um, you're, then you can look at someone like Iogenics, who's upwards of $1,500 to test for Lyme and co-infections, and they don't take insurance. So that's really a big hurdle for patients to finally get that diagnosis. Um, and then it's really working with a practitioner who understands their personality and their body. And you want to find a doctor who aligns with your belief system. If you don't believe taking antibiotics for six months, then you, know, you may want to find a more integrative doctor who doesn't throw antibiotics at the first thing that comes in to the door. Um, I really feel like there are a lot of nice herbs that people can look into that are really efficacious against Lyme and just working with the body's natural drainage and detoxification pathways. You know, if you can't go to the bathroom, if you can't sweat, if you have really poor energy, you're probably not going to do very well on a detox. Not until we get your body back in normalcy. Mm, and detox is, is um, I think that when I remember when I went for a big detox, I uh, I can no longer touch coffee because of it. So I had to give up oh. so much and even caffeine was one of them to the point where I can't even drink coffee now. Um, oh, I'd I, be so sad. Mm, I know. I can drink decaf, but um, I'll have a sip. But it causes, if anything, it causes anxiety when I have coffee now. And that was just, that came from my detox, giving up. I had to give up, uh, just it was a gradual thing. I had to give up sugar, had to give up all, I think it was dairy. Well, this was years ago. Then I had to give up caffeine. So we did it gradually, but, and for a period of time, just to get my body back into shape. And um, yeah, so now I can't go back on it, but um, it's okay. It's all good. You know, it sounds like, and this could just be a wild shot in the dark, 
Um, but I would definitely look into some TLC for your liver. Sometimes people have genetic mutations where they are just a fast or slow metabolizer in the liver. But then other times, sometimes it's like peeling back a layer of the onion with a detox. And so people who can't tolerate coffee, it's really the liver's job to, to break down that caffeine. Um, so sometimes it can be a stagnant liver pathway and the way you would evaluate that besides caffeine or coffee is if, um, you know, if you drink or you have some alcohol, do you have the worst hangovers the next day or feel terrible after one drink? And then how do you do if you're fasting or skipping meals all day with your blood sugar? Yeah, I uh, can't drink alcohol. No, it's it's it's, and I don't know if it's because I'm through, going through menopause, but definitely I've become a lot more sensitive to alcohol, um, and I, it does it knocks me for a six absolutely. And um, Missy, I don't have I don't have sugar, so I don't have. I used to have sugar shakes where if I missed out on a meal, but I don't I don't seem to have that anymore. Oh, good. Okay. So your blood sugars are better, which makes me feel good. But you know, the fact that you are having trouble with, with alcohol too, I think your, your liver is screaming at me. Um, the other way you can know is in Chinese medicine, the liver is attached to the sinus cavities and eyes and the reproductive organs. So oftentimes if people are having liver stagnation or problems, I can see in those areas, they'll have, you know, sinus problems or congestion or headaches, uh, or they might have hormonal issues or cycles that are off. So that's some other clues as well. Mm, Dr. Jess, you are right on the money. So there's obviously, look, I, I feel that there's a level of intu intuition here playing out because you're saying I feel, and I think that <laughs> you're picking up on stuff and you're right. Absolutely. You're right. So what would be the, I guess, the solution yeah, so absolutely. So you need some liver and biliary tree support, um, which I have a few of my favorite products, obviously, but I'll tell you one, um, one called Tudka or Toro Urosodiacolic Acid. Um, this is a bile acid salt that helps thin the bile. So it's very free flowing in your body. You want all your natural fluids to be free flowing. You don't want them to get thick and sludgy. That's what happens to bile and it forms gallstones, right? So you want everything to be free flowing and Tudka, um, or taurosodiacolic acid helps to thin the bile so that it moves swiftly, um, which is what you want. You also, I also love liver sauce by Quicksilver Scientific. Um, it is a really nice liver detox as well as castor oil packs on the right upper quadrant of your abdomen where the liver sits. Um, and I also tout enemas and colonics quite a bit. Now enemas lying on the right side, like coffee enemas are able to be a little bit of a liver cleanse. Mm, I was just, it's so funny that you say that because I was actually just looking I used to do colonics all the time and I was just found one uh, near where I live now and uh, I'm going to be starting that next week and she talked about the <laughs> coffee and I was like oh, I can't have coffee I don't want to be walking out of there jumping up and down um, but she said no 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 it's, it's not like that but um, yeah so that's uh, that's interesting very interesting um, so and for, for, for I guess for our listeners, uh, I highly recommend colonics because I know I got into them years ago and I cannot tell you the difference um, from just how you feel afterwards. It's pretty amazing. 
Yes, it is. And I will say colonics are more of a gut cleanse and enemas, if you lie on the right side, are more of a, a, a liver cleanse. And you can, if you're sensitive to coffee and you're worried about the caffeine, you can even start with distilled water or chamomile. Chamomile is lovely. It's antispasmodic, so it stops cramps and it binds to GABA receptors, which are the anti-anxiety receptors. So it really helps with any anxiety too. Mm, I love that. And the other thing that popped to mind when you were talking about castor oil when I was pregnant, and this is 27 years ago now, uh, the I remember somebody was saying to because I was two weeks over, and somebody said to me, drink lots of castor oil that will bring on the birth. <laughs> and it didn't bring on the birth, but I almost had my head cave in. So I've oh. got, when, as soon as you went there, I had a, a, a visceral, yeah, I went, oh, like that, as soon as you mentioned castor oil. <laughs> It does taste awful. I got to tell you, it's so gross, the consistency. Yeah, I can feel the saliva building up in my mouth just just, <laughs> the, just even talking about it. Oh, that's okay. So, Dr. Jess, what about reducing inflammation? Oh, yeah. So, that's a, that's a big one that people ask. And they ask, but I the bad news is there's not a simple answer to that because inflammation is, again, it's multifactorial and it's really important to get to the root cause. I have a couple band-aids that I'll help people out with if we're having trouble finding out the reason for the inflammation and they just need a little relief. Um, you know, things like CBD bombs or, um, you know, I really like inflama control from cell core biosciences or low dose naltrexone, which is a, one of the only prescriptions I still write that helps to reverse a lot of inflammation and pain and autoimmunity for people. But ultimately I tell people there's four reasons people get chronically ill and that can mean you could interchange that with there are four reasons people have chronic inflammation, which is the cause of all disease if it's left unchecked. Um, and that is stealth infections like Lyme, mold, parasites, H. pylori, SIBO, um, emotional trauma and stress, especially from childhood, uh, heavy metals, and finally corporate man-made toxicities like pesticides, plastics, things like that. When you talk about heavy metals, because I'm thinking of, uh, is it silver colloid? Silver oh, colloid? The stomach? colloidal silver. That's the colloidal it. silver. Back the front. Yeah. See, I'm French. We always do it back it's, the front. Yeah, it's antiviral, antipathogenic, and it's gotten quite a bit bad rap because conventional medicine will say it causes Igeria, which is this blue man disease. Um, but you would have to take it so much of it for years to see that effect. Um, so heavy metals really are things when you're thinking about things like mercury, lead, aluminum. Um, cadmium, these toxic metals that really can stick inside the bones and the tissues, the deep tissues to um, really wreak havoc on the body later on. Mm, and so we would find that, so mercury, it'd be fish, wouldn't it? Yes. You know, fit, some of the larger fish are big culprits for, for mercury, unfortunately. Mm, yeah, no, I yeah. just remember that because I remember uh, this. The, these days, uh, when women are pregnant, they actually don't eat fish. They don't. Eat, we, I didn't have that, you know, twenty-seven years ago, and I guess it's very different. But um, yeah, the talk is about the mercury in the food. So when we're talking about reducing inflammation, I know a lot has to do with, for example, uh, the food that we eat. So things like if you cut out things like sugar or white, anything white, I was told is very toxic. So white flour, white sugar, and mm -hmm. oh, I can't remember the other one. The um, So what are your thoughts around that? Is, can we reduce inflammation through food? 
A lot of people can. I will tell you, my patient population is one that they come to me and they've already cut out all inflammatory foods. Most of them have a pretty restrictive diet. So their inflammation is coming, coming from something deeper like a, you know, a corporate toxicity or, or a pathogen. But in general, the average person really can do a lot, especially if they're eating the standard American diet or a lot of processed food, just by cutting out, you know, um, really processed foods, then you can make a huge difference. And, you know, you said one of them earlier, Catherine, which is gluten. I have all my patients cut out processed gluten. I myself am fairly gluten-free too. Um, so I have them cut out processed sugar, processed dairy, processed gluten, processed soy, um, and some for sometimes for some sensitive people, nightshades and eggs. But in general, um, you know, cutting out anything that comes in a bag or convenience food and really learning to cook at home um, can make a big, huge difference for people. Just eat from the earth and things your ancestors would recognize. Mm, I know. And when you talk about yogurt, see, we say in France, uh, we have yogurt pretty much for uh, every meal. Uh, even when you're sick, like I remember my mother saying to me, make sure you always have yogurt before you take your antibiotics. So they're, they're very much about protecting the gut. Um, but I guess it's very different nowadays, isn't it, with yogurt because there's so much sugar in it. I mean, I look for all of that. I go for Greek yogurt. Um, I can I can actually be okay with cheese, some cheese, not so much processed, and some yogurt. So how does one – because I know that there's all this talk that you don't need – uh, dairy to help with calcium and I know as we age uh, as as we mature uh, and go through <laughs> our menopause I know that bone density plays a part as so does if you celiac so what would you recommend to those that are in that kind of situation you know honestly I feel like processed dairy is a huge problem um, the way it's made we're really denaturing a lot of proteins it's really doesn't have the health benefits it used to I can get on board with raw or lightly pasteurized dairy I can even get on board with goat or sheep cheese which is a smaller molecule so it doesn't aggravate a lot of people like cow's dairy will um, so I can even be lenient with people on that I honestly feel like vitamin D and, and magnesium regulation is also really important for calcium um, regulation as well. So those things need to be checked up on um, fully before, you know, just feeding a patient a bunch of processed dairy. The, the studies are mixed on if that even helps with things like osteoporosis. Mm. So you're saying it's actually, it's not good for osteoporosis dairy? No, there's actually, I can't remember who did the study and what, what journal it was in currently, but it, there was a study that came out a, a few years back about how the the the, high, the countries with the highest rate of milk drinking had the highest rates of osteoporosis. So oh, wow. it's yeah, interesting. I I actually feel like the reason we can't absorb and hold on to mineral status like we used to is because of a lot of inflammation and a lot of things that I just mentioned. I've, I have people tell me that they have the most perfect diet. They'll list it all out for me. They will tell me exactly what they're eating. We'll test. And a lot of their nutrients and micronutrients will be extremely low. And the way I explain that is because you know, if you're eating so healthy, why aren't you absorbing properly? What is there that is blocking the absorption from your body and from your stomach? So Dr. Jess, what about, I mean, I'm sure our listeners are curious as I am right now. So what are you, do you consult virtually and how does it work for those that, because we've got listeners from all over the world. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, I used to, I used to, and now I've backed out of, um, one-on-one consults and now I'm just working with my wellness app, um, my subscription app 
um, and really helping people learn how to be their own best doctor and empower themselves for when they go to see, they go to see their practitioner, they're armed with the right questions. They understand how the body works. And I, it's a really interactive app where what they ask me for, I can actually provide for them. Yeah, I love that because I know for our listeners, I highly recommend check it out. There's also on there, there's like webinars, there's blogs, there's a whole raft of things that you could sort of uh, tune into. And I love the fact that you can be your own doctor because it's true, right? It is up to us to um, drive our own health and not leave it in the hands of a doctor. 100%. And I, I, I really get upset when I see, you know, articles and people say, listen to the experts, don't do your own research. I really think that's a mistake. I think it's important for people um, to, to do their own research and to, to have their feelings and their symptoms validated and to understand their bodies because really no one will take care of you as good as you will take care of you. Mm, so true so true so one uh, other uh, topic I'd like us to unpack a little bit and I'm sure especially in the last you know 12 months or so how does one bolster their immune system what, it, what are some hot tips around that that's a great question so you know I like to say balance out the immune system because I don't want it too bolstered because then it will go into autoimmunity just as a just so everyone understands how the body works it likes to stay in homeostasis and that means normalcy where everything's running um, perfect, just like air traffic control is navigating planes to land and take off. And any sort of jam up there really can um, cause the body to be out of homeostasis or out of normalcy. And when that happens, it leaves you vulnerable to other infections, to other toxicities. And so really, I tell people, if you want to stay healthy and you don't want to get sick at all, the, the key to that is staying in homeostasis. Now, how do you do that? You make sure that your body's running at peak performance. Um, you make sure you get more eight, morning sunlight is really important. An hour of morning sunlight, you make sure you, if you have the privilege to move your body, then you should do that. It's a privilege to work out and to sweat every day and, and exercise. And it's a really a privilege to feed your body healthy food. It's a form of respect. Um, and then to really make sure you're going to the bathroom one to three times per day to make sure that you're able to sweat, that you have good energy, that when you sleep, you wake up and you have had restorative sleep. If any of those things are off, or you're not feeling well at a certain time of the month, ladies, then then that's a clue. Your body's letting you know, hey, there's something out of sorts here just a little bit. Um, if you don't take time to look at this, then something else may go wrong later. You may come down with something. So that's the really the best way to keep your body, um, keep from getting sick and to really have a great immune system is to make sure all those normal daily tasks that your body should be doing every day are done without without problem. I love that. That's a very holistic approach. I love the the whole the the whole the sunlight, the food. It is. It is very much a holistic approach. Making sure we get the right sleep, the right exercise, uh, water. That's one thing I've still got to get better at is water on a daily basis. Um, oh, but I do. Me too. Mm, I know. I think it's just it needs to be have some sort of taste. And what I did was. Um, I was for a little while thinking, oh, I'll just add some of the, um, oh, I'm just trying to think what it's called now. It's green and it's really high in iron and you add it to your water. Oh, chlorophyll. Chlorophyll. And it wasn't until, so I was just pouring it in thinking it's all natural, it's good for me. I had my bloods done and my doctor called me and said, Catherine, your iron is like extremely high are you taking uh -huh. iron supplements and I'm like no I'm not and so I was going through because my husband he he's he, he gives me all my vitamins on a daily basis 
And uh, we looked through everything, couldn't find it. And then I looked for chlorophyll and I was like, oh my gosh, people, doctors and people give, uh, you know, natural therapists give uh, human beings chlorophyll if they're anemic. And, uh, and so I stopped taking it. So th- and then I've stopped drinking the water as much as I was drinking because it's, it's uh, yeah, it doesn't have as much taste. I mean, it was working, wasn't it? It was doing its job for you. <laughs> well, and the flip side of that, Dr. Jess, is that if I continued, he was saying there's there's all the other, and of course, you'd never ask Dr. Google, right? Because of course, we, as soon as you go to Google, you see all the, if you have too much iron, it gives you a heart attack and da 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 Of course, my doctor yeah. was saying there's all these other things when we overextend in something, uh, that's what could take place. So uh, I went off it completely. Oh, good for you. Look mm. at you. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So, Dr. Jess, during your most adventurous journey, what has been one of your greatest lessons learned thus far? Oof. Um, you know, I had my company taken by shareholders about a year and a half ago. And as painful as it was when it happened, I can obviously talk about it pretty without any emotion now. And I'm past it. But it... Now, looking back in hindsight, that really painful lesson taught me something really important. And it was that um, to really you you I love people and I love human beings, but you can't trust everyone and you have to really um, cover yourself and your assets and take care of yourself like you would someone else. I'm really good at taking care of other people. And I didn't put. I believe just the words people said without putting things in writing. And so I feel like that that has been one of the biggest lessons I've learned is how is self-love through pain, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, darling, I can relate to that one. And just even just recently, but that's one of those ongoing, I've, I'm like, I'm the same. I always say, I trust everybody until uh, proven wrong. And uh, yeah, so sometimes I have lots of those etheric slabs because I believe <laughs> in what people say. Why wouldn't I? And uh, of course, this is how we learn our lesson. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we, once we learn our lesson, we know how to do it differently next time. I will share something with you that I, um, one lady, uh, it was actually a study buddy of mine. She actually said to me, instead of believing people, uh, what they say, get them to show you before you believe them. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's really good. So I do that now. Mm-hmm. I make sure they show me. Although I have yeah. forgotten that just recently, but that's okay. That's all good. Uh, it's hard. I mean, you. I truly do um, want to believe in that people have good hearts, and I want to love humans, and I want to. I want to believe that they can choose better and make better decisions. So it was. It was like I mourned an innocent part of me that died when that happened, um, but it, it needed to happen. It was for my greater good in the long run. Absolutely. So what did you learn from it? Because it it's, it's, it's great having these lessons, but it's like, what do we learn from it and what are we going to do differently next time? I learned that the biggest part of the company they took was, was me and that I needed to have more confidence in myself. It wasn't, you know, it really, the company was me. And so I needed, I didn't believe that before. I, so it may be surprising for some people listening and hearing this, but you know, it's, there's a level of imposter syndrome for everyone, I swear. And so I really didn't believe it. And what this situation showed me was that, Hey, you know, I, the company was me and I have more power than I thought. I've really successfully rebuilt and been proud of myself that I've had this, this foresight and the ability to do so. 
Oh, that's beautiful. And Dr. Jess, we all have the imposter syndrome. It doesn't, I think we were just having a conversation with um, Mariana Atencio just a couple of weeks ago of that very topic. It's just because, you know, you're out uh, out and about and you're, you're in the public forum that people automatically think that, you know, she, you know, I know people th- say to me, "You've got it all together, girl," and I'm like, "I so don't. I don't have my shit." I think, <laughs> I think that you know, we teach what we must learn, and uh, so for me, I'm constantly learning. I so don't have my shit together, um, but I do my best, right? As we all do. Yeah, I mean, none of us do. We're all just trying to figure out life together. So that's right, and we are <laughs> continuously evolving as human beings, which I love. It's it's life is is I always say life is like one big school. Yes, that's that's exactly. It's boot camp. That's what I like to call it. boot camp for the soul. Oh, I love that. I love that. I think that's a that's another business idea for you, Doctor Jess. Boot camp <laughs> for the soul. And then, because you know, it's very holistic. It's not, I think it's this, you talk about the spirituality side of things, the meditation. I think this is, you know, another little, <laughs> another little uh, journey for you. Okay. Well, yeah. as we start wrapping up the show, my dearest, we always ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you, Dr. Jess? Oh, empowerment. Of course, empowerment. Yeah. I love that because you do, you give your power to other human beings to empower them to take control of their health. Exactly. That's mm. exactly right. Because, you know, ultimately, you, you know, if I can't be your doctor and I can't because I'm an online doc, you know, and you can't, I don't want you to come to me to ask me every single question. Um, you know, if it's urgent and you need to, fine. But I want you guys to kind of think about this is my body. This is how I feel. This is what should be done. This is how I understand this is working. And, you know, within reason, I really feel like the general person can understand and do that. And, and to do that, you got to get out of your mind, right? You've really got to be in your body to feel it. Yes. Instead of being 100%. in your mind. Mm. So last question. Uh, as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today. They could be like three practical uh, exercises. Ooh. Um, so, you know, number one, I think, I think we talked about this earlier that how inaccurate Lyme testing is and mold testing. So really find a doctor that aligns with your beliefs and can do some functional testing and believes in things like chronic Lyme and believes you when you say symptoms that don't necessarily meet ICD, ICD 10 criteria for billing. Um, and then really mold remediation is very difficult because people don't understand the detriments, the health detriments of mold. So find a remediation company that understands the health detriments of mold so they can understand they need to rip everything porous out of your house where there's any water damage whatsoever. Um, I think that's really important for people. And then lastly, a positive note I want to leave people with is that your, you have, your body has the ability to heal, heal more than you've ever been told in your, in your life. You've just given the right recipe. And oftentimes that's moving us out of the way because the body has an innate ability to heal, to heal and really just getting out of the exposure and our toxic world is sometimes enough for people. Oh, I love that. I like the all of them through, but I love that how the body can heal when given the correct recipe. So Dr. Jess, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So you guys can find a lot of, of me and free information. I'm most visible probably on Instagram, which is my handle there is dr period J E S S period M D. And then, um, you can find me on Facebook at Dr. Jessica Petros. And then you can find me on my website at drjessmd.com. And if you're interested in that wellness app, I was telling you guys about where you can get really interactive and actually have me make root cause quickie PDFs for you guys and have me answer your questions on the forum, then you can find that at app.drjessmd.com. We will have that in the show notes. Highly recommend listeners uh, check it all out. Amazing information. You will be going down the rabbit hole for sure. Uh, (laughs) Dr. Jess, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth. And when I say wealth, wow, wealth of wisdom. And, um, And thank you so much for your time and energy. You're so sweet, Catherine. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Thank you. We're honored to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. Or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit that subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katrinplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Catherine Plano. Until next week, please take care of yourself. Much love and gratitude. Thank you.